I'd like to welcome my guest to the podcast, Dave Williamson. Well, I feel very welcomed. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah, this is very formal. Yeah. All you right. dro- did you drive all the way down here? So we just do salutations and then it's like, okay, well, that's, that's, let's wrap it up. You know, I think people like brevity these days, Twitter and everything. That's true, man. The you shorter, know. the better. I think we got a good feel for I, you, though. Yeah. I really feel like I've gained some fans through that exchange. You're all about the fans today. I'm here in the Williamson homestead, the ancestral homeland. Yeah, Mama and Papa's house. Of the Williamsons. And uh, it's quite nice. You're, you're a Kendall boy? Yeah, man. Yeah, I grew up uh, in the, the heartland of suburbia here in Miami, Florida. Wow. You were born and raised in the county of Dade. That's it. As Mr. Trick Daddy might say. Baptist Hospital for Life, yo. That's what's up. I, too, am a, a 305 Kendall. Not, not too far from you. I feel like I was coming down to visit my mom. Yeah, who knows? But I made a left turn instead of a right, and here I am. Yeah, maybe we uh, shared ice cream as children, never knew it or something. Oh, man. We probably walked by numerous times. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I beat you up or you beat me up on the playground. <laughs> I think one of those is more likely than the other. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I was such a gentle little skinny kid, man. Yeah? Yeah, I was a pretty gentle kid growing up. You, you seem like uh, you're always, you have this like... All-American Johnny quarterback kind of a feel to you. Yeah, man. Yeah, I have... The, you know what reference I've gotten a lot lately on, like, um, radio shows and stuff is that people say that I look like the um, bully from Karate Kid. But it's, like, so not my personality, man. I was always... As a matter of fact, most of the fights I got into growing up were... Um, or not even fights. I, I don't even call them fights. But altercations uh-huh. were because I would stick up for other people. I would watch these shows on TV. I, you know, I was a big TV fan growing up. And I would watch these like very special episode of Saved by the Bell. Uh-huh. Where, and I was like, you're supposed to stick up for people. So I would always stick up for people. What they don't tell you is then you become the target. <laughs> right. You know. Zach Morris always kind of slips out of there on skate. Yeah, but, AC uh, Slater can hold his own when he holds <laughs> sticks up to a bully. <laughs> yeah. But Dave Williamson in the eighth grade oh boy. would get his face pounded in. But a new friend. Yeah, great. A new loser friend. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm uh, starting a gang. Big target here. Well, okay, I, I, you can see that. Some roots. Empathizing with the little man, the underdog. Yeah. Were you, were you funny as a kid back then? Um, you were sticking up for people? You know, I... I mean, I'm sure we all have our moments, but I don't think I got like funny like to the point where um, the the roots of uh, one day becoming a comic started for me until maybe about junior high. I got to be um, in this group of friends who were just really, you know, the cut-ups of the school and everything, and we just wanted to make each other laugh. And I still remember in eighth grade, the first time I said something that the whole the whole class just cracked up laughing at. And I, in the back of my head, I was like, I might have just gotten myself in trouble with the teacher, but it was worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. That was an applause break. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I like the way that feels, like, you know? <laughs> but I still remember that's, that moment, man. To, yeah. And I, it was probably it was probably all downhill from there. I probably <laughs> started getting in trouble left and right after that. Sure. It was, let me see if I can remember it correctly. So we're sitting in, uh, in my biology class or whatever, eighth grade 
science class you had to take. I don't remember what it was. Um, and uh, somehow some of the guys were all kind of chit-chatting and we're, we're kind of, as we're doing our lab work or whatever across the, the classroom. And the teacher kept telling us, like, keep it down, guys. Keep it down. And they were talking about jeans for some reason. They kept talking about, like, what, what jeans people were wearing. And that was the joke. Uh-huh. And then this kid, Mark, from across the classroom goes, Williamson, what kind of jeans are you wearing? And I, look, I turned around and looked at my tag, like, trying to – like, I was actually looking at it, pretending. Mm-hmm. And then I turned, and I don't know why this came to me or whatever, but I go, I go oh, they're Daisy Dukes. <laughs> like that's what it actually said on the tag or whatever. Right. And when I said that, the whole class started cracking up. It was the dumbest joke ever. Right. This is the, the idea you'd be wearing Daisy Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need in eighth and grade. A class biology. clown was born. Oh boy. And I can see how. There we are. Yeah. But my, you know, my um, my mom and uh, my mom is very, uh, and my grandma, that whole side of the family is very, uh, very much storytellers. So I also grew up sitting at like a dinner table, listening to them just hold court, you know, with relatives and exaggerate stories. And every time I heard them tell the same story, it got, you know, grander and grander. (laughs) Yeah. So then when I got older and I wanted to like talk at the dinner table, I realized like you got to jump in there and you got to tell a good story. Right. Or, you know, your aunt or your uncle or your cousin is going to cut you off with a better story. So Uh I think growing up in a a storyteller family kind of led to my... Uh, comedic path as well fam well family's a big part of your act family's a big part of your it's kind of a backbone of of your life and comedic life yeah that's fair yeah that's why i named my cd uh thicker than water because i just realized that you know a lot of my themes were family related either about my wife and kids or about like my mom and dad when i was growing up mm-hmm. so uh and it's funny man uh, my new material just always kind of comes back to that <laughs> Yeah. So whenever I think of like really good stories, I want to turn it into bits. It just always seems to 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 revolve around family members. You've managed to escape being typecasted. It's just like a, a G kind of safe, tame. Yeah. Comedian. Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, you never want to be boring or I mean, Cosby, like somebody Cosby talks about family. Yeah. More than any other comedian, probably. I mean, I when I do jokes about having kids or family stuff. I mean, I try to write them in a way where I could go to a college and, you know, someone, you know, a college kid from a completely different demographic would still laugh at the joke, you know? Your video diaries were very funny when you lived with your family on an RV. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is insane, just in the first place. When you moved from Miami to L.A., you took, how how many years was it? Uh, Like eight years? It was nine years we lived. It seems like nine years, probably. (laughs) No, so yeah, when we moved, decided to move from Miami to L.A., my wife and I decided that a, a fun, unique way to do it would be to get a travel trailer, which is kind of like an RV, and work the road for four months, and we could stop in different cities, and then I started booking the work up, and I was like, this is happening, like, I'm getting booked, you know? So I geographically booked stuff from Miami to L.A., and it was supposed to be a four-month trip, and it turned into about a year and a half. Because we just kind of got good at it and we're having fun with it. The and whole family is on the kids. I mean, dude, your kids are how old? Uh, four and six now, but they were two and four when we started that. So school wasn't an issue. Well, yeah, and my wife was an elementary school teacher for eight years, so she uh, was just homeschooled them. To handle that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you and, guys are like genetically modified and, and constructed in a laboratory to, it, to be a functional family. Yeah, it was a long time. It takes work too, man. I mean, you gotta. Both come from. 
met in college. Yeah. I take it. We're both educated. <laughs> I know how to drive a car, so that helped. Sure. Nice, good-looking, <laughs> middle-upper-class, white, happy. Yeah. Successful. I, I could no longer pay my mortgage. That helped, too. Also. Okay. To there steer we go. us that direction. <laughs> there we go. But, yeah, Get so. pain in there. So we went, we went coast to coast three times, and I worked basically every single weekend during that period of time, and I uh, was able to, for the more or less, set it up all geographically. And um, what you're talking about is for a 10-week chunk of it, I sold it as a web series to Nick Mom, which is a Nickelodeon channel, mm. and I just edited my um, home movies together from that week of where we were and where I was performing into a little, you know, funny three-minute video, and they would upload it on their on their website, and then they'd play it on their commercial breaks on, on their channel and stuff. Nice. Did you have an in from them from when you did the, the Nick Mom's Night Out? Yeah, when I did the Nick Mom Night Out, because, I, I met... Because you are one of my favorite moms, actually. Oh, well, thank wanted, you. I just need to very, let you know. Very, that. very proud mother. All the listeners. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> you were treated like the biggest piece of meat. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so, on my episode... I from Miami when they were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I found my demographic that night. So, that show, Nick Mom Night Out, that I did was... Uh, the concept behind it is all the comedians basically talk about being a parent. It's specifically comedy that's supposed to be enjoyed by mothers. Mm -hmm. And then the whole audience is made up by mothers. And they feed them free wine while they're sitting there you know oh, and it's since so it's must be just you know grigio bottles the yeah size, the sky over there lisa correo mentioned it too because she was on it as well yeah she did in orlando and uh, yeah and, I, and so these moms they drink for a long time too because it's a tv taping so it's not like it's just a comedy show straight through like they had to stop and we do different takes different angles and stuff oh, the same you know? joke no but like um of like our intro like coming up and back and, okay. and like you know the 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 um, opener, the host, who is Judy Gold of mine. She might do oh, yeah. like extra time, and then they chop it down, kind of. You know, so these moms are there for a long time, and then they also do like two or three episodes while they're there. So, so anyways, on my episode, it was a Which, um, out of the three. Do you know? Because you get them increasingly drunker depending on your episode. I guess. I think I was the the second. I might have been the last episode of the night, and then um, I was the last person on my episode. So there was Oof. a. There was, I think, two girls. Rough crowd. Yeah, there was two girl, two women, and um, then another male comic who was kind of like, you know, he was a, he was a cool guy, but you know, he he was like had a buttoned up shirt with like a tie on, and you know, he's like a little guy. So then I came. Really a night out. Kind yeah, of guy. yeah, yeah. So so then I so then I came up there, and I just come from hair and makeup, you know, <laughs> and uh, all done Draper. And I came I came walking up when they introduced me, and those moms all just went. Ooh, they started catcalling me and stuff, right? And you can't in a club. You would like just go with it. You would you know be like easy, ladies. You know, some magic mic up there. I mean, normally not often. Not often, but Unless I mean, you might. Female heavy I, yeah, I mean, I've had like I've had like a table of girls, like maybe you know whistle at me or something. But I've never had a whole room. <laughs> yeah. Treat me like a piece of meat. You kind of liked it, didn't you? I did. But then I just had to go straight into my material. You know, you can't deal with it. You just got to do your TV set that was approved. <laughs> so I was just blushing like, hi, moms. And I went into my set. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Let's talk about our kids. Our next comic 
has appeared in comedy festivals everywhere and was named Best Comedian in Miami. Please put your hands together for Dave Williamson. Thank you, moms. They say that once you start having kids, your social life is going to disappear, but it's all in how you look at it, because my wife and I get invited to more parties than ever. We get invited on princess invitations, and party starts at 2 p.m. for some three-year-old, doesn't care that I'm there. But still, that's a party. I'm going. I take what I can get. I get excited when those weekends start to roll around. My kid gets sick that Saturday, and my wife's like, oh, we can't go. I'm like, uh, he can't go. I eat my vegetables. I have an immune system. This is ridiculous. It's not my fault he eats hot dogs for every meal. I don't know if you guys realize this. Most of the time, you have to bring your own liquor to these parties. They do not supply it. If you're trying to be discreet and responsible, it's hard pouring vodka into a juice box. That's a hard pour. You can't set your daddy juice down for a second, because some kid will pick it up thinking it's his. Next thing you know, we got a mess in the bounce house. I feel awful that my friend Jerry's kid's a lightweight. Just like his daddy. I try to match up the kind of liquor I'm going to bring with the theme of the kids' party. It finally makes opening those invitations fun, right? Now you have something invested in that decision. You're like, oh, it's going to be a pirate party. Get to drink rum that day. <laughs> oh, cowboy party. Whiskey. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Try this one. Try this one. Oh, it's a Dora party. No, so close, so close. Backpack full of tequila. You don't need a special map to find a buzz that day. Next thing you know, you're a little wobbly chasing a house cat around calling a baby jaguar. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. I mean, a two-year-old's frustrating because it's like they speak English, you just can't prove it in the court of law. It's a lot like having a dog, because they'll acknowledge you and it benefits them, but otherwise they always have an out. So you say something like, hey, you want a cookie? <gasps> cookie! <laughs> hey, you make this mess over here? No blind glass. <laughs> Never gonna win that. They also smell fear like dogs, too. You have to pretend like you have control 24 hours a day, because that could trigger a terrible two tantrum. I'll tell them something like, hey, go to your room. Out here, stoic, in control parent. Inside, I'm thinking, if he says no, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's no plan B. Now, a five-year-old's fun. Having a five-year-old's like a little friend. I mean, it's a friend you pay for their survival, but still, it's a friend. He's always saying funny stuff. Sometimes you know that they got it from you, and it makes you really proud. You know, they're emulating you. 
Like last football season, we were watching a game together, and I'm trying to teach him about the sport. And I didn't really think he was paying attention or was really into it. But then later that same day, we went to the park to play with some of his buddies, and I could hear him talking to them. Like, catch the ball, jackass! Oh, it's my little buddy! I taught him that! So proud! you worry a lot you do man when you come a parent you worry all the time and i live kind of near a bad neighborhood down in miami florida called miami florida <laughs> so when i travel a lot i worry about them but uh once you have kids you actually do not have to worry about home security any longer because your house becomes naturally booby trapped <laughs> with toys cover every inch of my floor the greatest cat burglar of all time could be sneaking through my living room in the middle of the night you're bound to hear, mmm, son of a, the cow goes moo, the horse goes knee. So man, I better get out of here. Mm. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate y'all. They will be actually. I mean, the large party audience. The other side will be their husbands. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've had, I've definitely had a lot of either wives or husbands who come to the show, and they're like, "Oh, that thing you did about your kid—that's same as I got to bring my husband back to see you, do that story, and do do do." You know, yeah. Single people don't—they're doing things. They don't. I mean, they don't have the same like drive to need to escape and find a. A route of entertainment. There's, well, yeah, it seems like there's more options. Or... That's just how I connect with people because that's what my material is about. So those are the kind of people that are going to connect with. You know, a single person might enjoy the show, but they're not going to be like, "I got to hear that story about the kid again." You know, they're going to enjoy it, but Perhaps it's less like, likely. Yeah, right? but people that are going through a similar experience like... would be like, you know, they would really connect with it and want to share it with their significant mm -hmm. other. Right. Damn, we're getting deep. Yeah, let's get all let's get all over. Is it a little hot in here? I don't know how to work my parents' air conditioning. I'm I run warm. I'm a Miami boy. Yeah. I, I get cold really easily though. Do you? I I do. Oh yeah, dude. I I can't handle the cold at all. I'm terrible with that. I mean, that's, that's just growing that's up down here. That's what happens, that, right? right? Yeah. But do you find that like does your wife feel you give off heat? And then like if she snuggles up to you, do you are you exothermic? You're putting off heat? Literally like, and figuratively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, arching your back up and clawing <laughs> into the car. Giving off heat, son. Yeah. This guy's got star power. So, so she's oh, yeah. from she's from Indiana and uh the first time I went up there to visit her family and meet her family when we were dating, all I wanted to do was uh shovel their driveway. I never shoveled a driveway before. It seemed right. like fun. You're like, force me to do it. Yeah. Me, and they all hated it. I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. And then every year after that, they thought I was going to want to do it. And I'm like, nah, I got it out of my system. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. That was it. Like every, like the first like three or four times we ever went to visit them, it was always like record lows. You know? <laughs> like, it feels like the, the earth was screwing with me. No, that was giving you your due. You had back down temperature that you had to catch up on. They're like, hey, this guy's been too warm. Yeah. Let's give him a little frostbite. You lose a toe? Uh, three. I'm nice. down to seven toes. All right. That's why the ladies love you. That's why I got my socks on. Dave. So, uh, I asked this, I interviewed David Del Rosario 
recently. Handsome fella. I like that guy. Definitely. Very charismatic. Uh, and I asked him as a David. You're a Dave. I find that there's a kinship among Davids and Daniels or some sort of strange relationship. When people don't remember my name, first one they go to is David. Dude, that's so funny you say that. I had a roommate in college named Dan. Mm. So we were Dave and Dan. And the short versions. Yeah. So we, um, you know, he was, my, he was my teammate too. We played water polo. And he doesn't look like me, but if you don't know us, he does look like me. You know, like if you would, um, he's like a redheaded kid. I'm not redheaded, but I'm pale, you know, I'm freckled. And, You're headed towards strawberry. Yeah, I'm, I'm bordering. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, like if you didn't know us and you just knew that, oh, that's one of the guys in the water polo team, I could see how you would get us mixed up, you know? Okay. So people always manage to call him Dave more than Dan and call me Dan more than Dave. Yeah. And then it just oh, kept that's... happening. After I left college, I would be somewhere where people never even met him before, and they would still accidentally call me Dan. And I'm like, why are people still calling me Dan? He infused you, know, you with the Danness. And it's ba- and vice versa. So it still happens to this day. All right. I'm good. With every Dave comedian, we're getting a little closer to something here. Yeah, we're going to figure this out. It's good to know. Yeah, Dave. Okay, so you made your way to L.A. You were yep. doing comedy in Miami for how long? Um, I was probably doing comedy here for about seven years or so. Yeah. So here, I'll tell you. I mean, you do the math. So I graduated college in 2000. I think I did sketch comedy in North Carolina during the 2002-2003 years. Started a sketch. Yeah. I worked this really cool sketch theater in Charlotte, North Carolina called The Perch. Hmm. And I would do a little bit of stand-up during that time. I would like ask them if I could try to do it and open the show. And I did, I did a, you know, like a, a show or two here and there. Then when I moved to Miami, I think about 2004, I came back here. And the, um, the only option was really stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I started working in a career with my, my dad, so I didn't have time to go to rehearsals and things like that. Right. Miami people might know the, uh, the caddies. Down here, we've driven by the old Williamson. Oh, yeah, yeah. My family's in the car business. Just for the Miami 305 uh, roots. So then I did stand-up down here from, yeah. Who is sponsoring this podcast, by the way? This podcast brought to you by Williamson Automotive. My Ford Focus is being retrofitted right now to be full Cadillac. (laughs) With the Cadillac speakers. (laughs) I was hoping engine, but you know. It's funny, Cadillac's actually just a side note. My... Family, my dad specifically, <laughs> just, if there was ever a car blocking us, if there was ever a slow car, if there was ever a car he did not like, for some reason, it was a Cadillac. What? And he would always say, a Cadillac, ah! and it just became this running joke for some reason. <laughs> there were these, uh, well, something about it. You, you know? tell him to call me and we'll figure something out to make him happy, all right? You know, that's... I can't have, I can't have influential people like that running around. <laughs> Saying bad things about Cadillacs. I like your attitude. It's a salesman attitude. You weren't sad. You were like, well, let me shake this man's hand. I am going to change his mind. <laughs> Dude, that was always my favorite thing about the car business when uh, people would come in and they would say like, uh, I just want to let you know right up front that I am not buying a car today. <laughs> right. And in my head, I was like, all right, we'll see. I will break you. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge has been set. That's almost like they, <clears throat> in the back of their head, they're like... Saying that, yeah, it, they want to be it sets sold. the challenge. Yeah, if this guy can sell me, I'll be happier than if I go home with no car. 
But um, I miss the business, man. Like, I really liked the car business. I enjoyed I, I did every, you know, I grew up in the business when I was in junior high or high school. Like, I had little part-time jobs there. And then, you know, so obviously. You did all sides of the whole. I mean, I've you done. shine them down and then you. I've done everything from mop up the floor. You shine them and sign them? Yeah. And to Boom. detail department, to portering, to being, portering. The, being the general manager. I mean, I've done everything. So. The uh, no porters just like you know you're the guy who like takes the car to the parking lot and back and stuff like that like when you like drop. a valet for the in house pretty much yeah that's exactly okay. but um <clears throat> I don't talk about the car business on stage at all and I have a thousand stories from that dealership hmm. that I need to start diving into it now that I'm not I, I didn't do it before because you know I had customers that would come to shows and things like that it's too close yeah but now it's like there's no reason not to do it yeah so I need to start telling some of those stories. I was uh, portering at Saturn when Saturn first started, um, and basically customers would come in uh, who were getting their cars fixed or, or you know, maintenance done or whatever, and uh, they would give me the, the valet number, whatever, I'd run out to the, the lot and get the car, I'd run through the car wash, and then I would take it up to the customer, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember I ran back to get a car, and as I got the car, I saw it had a bike rack on the, on the roof. Can't run the bike rack through the um, car wash. But my brain was just on such autopilot that literally I forgot within 10 seconds. <laughs> and instead of taking it over to hand wash it, I just ran it through the car wash. Yeah. And then I brought it up to the customer. And I hop out and the customer's staring at me like, what happened to my car? <laughs> and I go, oh, it's ready to go, sir. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's nice and clean and ready for you. And he's like, no, what happened? And I turned around and looked and the bike rack was like bent backwards like a tuna can. On the top of it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Scratch up the <laughs> my scratch bad. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'll be getting the manager for you right now, Dad. Yeah, Dad. No, that was the worst. You never want them to know who you were because then they would probably sue the place. Uh huh. Your little pay dirt there. Oh yeah, sure. You're you're dutifully checking. Uh, yeah. Various social media outlets. I'm taking no disrespect because I know what it's like when you put a, <laughs> when you put a new piece of content on that. GC yeah, I'm excited and, about it. You know. So my my wife and I went to Auburn University. That's where we met. Which is where again? That's in Alabama. And it's named after a a, a beautiful off color why? Yes. Yeah. Well, the entire town is that color, like it's, the like mm, the grass. That's one of those, everything. Yeah. It's all Auburn. It's like sepia. Exactly. Very nice. So my, my wife and I both went there, and then uh, you know their football team has made it into the national championship game. By the time you post this, we'll already know whether they won or lost. This will be February first, right? Well, yeah. after the so the game's on January sixth. Where did I did I just give away secrets? It's in a few days. <laughs> no, it's okay. All right. The magic isn't gone. All right. I might be dead by the time We're... this comes out. You never know what could happen in Ditto, a month, brother. Right? Ditto. If you die, I promise I will find this and post it for you. Amen. We're going to keep this alive. All right. One of us goes down. <laughs> I hope this isn't my lasting legacy. And I will raise your this, children. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, great. It's on record. you got to do it. Shit. So then... Um, I was caught in the moment. So I made this video about... me. John, My, my buddy John Wynn and I made a video about me receiving John my... John Wynn? Yeah. Oh, I think our listeners know who John Wynn Oh, big John Wynn podcast there. Yeah. So um, we made a video about uh, me receiving my tickets in the mail because I, I bought tickets to go to the game, and uh, and it's getting a lot of hits. I just saw it today. It's it's sassy, short, it's cute. You in love yeah. with tickets. It's already got like a thousand hits so in the first happy day. Together. Now there's gonna be it's it's smart when you have a thing. Now you have the Auburn audience in there too. Yep. It's not just a comedy thing out there in the aether. 
mm-hmm. all the Auburn people are going to pass it around because they're pumped about the game. Exactly. You're going to get that flood of hits now, and then absolutely nothing after the game when it's irrelevant, of course. But it'll still be a funny thing on your track record. Exactly. Oh, the video, the scene in it, though, struck me as extra funny because I recognized right away where it was filmed. Yeah, it was the same place where you and I filmed the love scene. <laughs> yes, it was. I think people need to know about with this. A, with John Wynn himself. I think he's the one tying it together. Uh, yeah. I think John has a thing for you it's in that park with someone. I thought right. it was this me. This is getting creepy. But now I've been replaced by two pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> but the love scene seems like the one that we... We would have filmed for Labor Days. Uh, ours, we had we filmed pictures, and we took nice little snippets around the tree and having. It was fun, uh, but it was definitely an extension of that. Go check out Labor Days, which was just episode two, right? Episode two, also known as the best episode. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Definitely has the tightest story, best acting, most you know editing is tightest. The rest is pretty it falls apart after that. But uh, <laughs> the whole series just got renewed, actually, which in this case means Forrest and John scraped together enough money or effort to... Season two, baby. ...to make it happen. Kick back up. Yeah, so we'll see if there's a, a cameo by the Anderson family. Maybe we'll have, like, a, a baby by then or something. Where we yeah, should... we're raising it, you know? Yeah, we need, that. We need to write a follow-up episode for them. So I'm here in a nativity scene. Um, I'm trying to continue despite being somewhat out of my element. Uh, Most houses, you know, decorate a bit for the holidays. This entire house has been decked out. There's an entire, like, every object has been replaced. I I can picture there's usually (laughs) vases and. Well, did you see the sleigh? Did you see the sleigh out front? I didn't see the full size sleigh. So that sleigh, so we have an actual full size. We live in Miami. On our front porch, we have a giant full-size sleigh mm-hmm. that my mother rescued from my grandparents up in Indiana, and uh, it had it refurbished and everything. And then she has right now. There's a giant Mister and Mrs. Claus sitting in the sleigh. She has a set of those for every holiday. So like at Thanksgiving, <laughs> there's a, a a boy and girl pet pilgrim that's sitting there, uh-huh. and in uh, Halloween, it's a boy and girl vampire or something vampire, like that. Okay, not pumpkin. And. Uh, like, uh, 4th of July, there's, like, an Uncle Sam Rednecks. that sits in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rednecks with only two fingers and a bottle rocket. Exactly. But the, there's, there's, the uh, yeah, she uses one for every holiday. It's crazy to have a festive family like that. That's awesome. It's, it's weird. It's weird to me. We didn't have lights. We didn't have a Hanukkah bush. We wanted one. Mom said no. Were you a Jehovah's Witness? Jews. But we, we did have a picture of We had some family Because divorce Ah, you get two So oh. we, had, we had both In our own way You had to do Christmas and Hanukkah? We had a couple idealic Christmases Back in My, my best non, friend growing up Non-denominational gift-giving Christmas Yeah, my best friend growing up uh, Was um, The same thing he, he had, you know His stepdad and his mom They So one was Christian and one was Jewish And so they would do the of the Christmas and Hanukkah for a while. I always was so jealous. I was like, you get to start opening up presents already? And you still get to open up all your presents on Christmas? Yeah. And then now you realize how funny that is what you were jealous of. Yeah. Uh, now I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not Jewish. You know what I mean? When you get older, you realize. <laughs> yeah, you dodged a bullet there. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing like the disabled kid in the wheelchair and being like, man, I wish I had a freaking chair all the time. It would be cool. Yeah, man, dude, those, those kids that can't, don't have to go to PE, man. They're so lucky. They don't, they can't run. Lucky. 
Unanswered prayers, Daniel. Unanswered prayers. Yeah, we keep begging. We're going to have something happen before this gets published. Do you, have you ever heard that Garth Brooks um, song about unanswered prayers? And mm-hmm. it's like a, Let me it's listen a, to Chris Gaines. So, yeah, nice. So it's a beautiful, melodic song about how he goes to a high school football game and he sees his old, old high school uh, girlfriend. <laughs> and he talks about like how she wasn't quite the angel. I remember from my past. And it's all about unanswered prayers because he had always hoped that one day he'd be with her, but now he's like with his wife. Uh, and he just, you wish that he'd put in the words that he really wants to there, like just that she's like a fat piece of shit, trailer <laughs> trash, and right. you know, his wife's way hotter. And, yeah. <laughs> I wiped my brow. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, I actually had a, while we're on the subject, I had a, com- or a comedy milestone moment last night in my Ooh. career. So I just stopped by the Fort Lauderdale Improv to do a um, guest spot last night, mm-hmm. and I come out in um, in the lobby, and the girl who was like the A one like most popular chick from my high school, mm-hmm. like you know like the prettiest most popular girl, yeah, like she she had to be in like if not she, if she wasn't number one she was like top three the easily, alpha, sure. yeah. So she came up to me after the show and said, I don't know if you remember me, but I went to school with you. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, you don't Everyone know if I remember knows. you. Yeah. It's more like, do you remember me, right? Uh-huh. But I was like, that's what comedy does Get for you. Stage. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like if you were just to run into any, like anyone huh. like that, if that were to ever happen in any other setting, it's like, you would never even wonder. Mm-hmm. But... That's what comedy That's, does for you, man. Right. I mean, if you saw her at the bank, it would be, yeah. a, little, it would be a little different. Be like, hey, oh, from high school. But well, now it's like, okay, you're a big star now, so I yeah. don't know if you remember me. Yeah, big star doing a seven-minute guess, uh, guess it. People see you on that stage, you know, and they, they don't know. They assume automatically you're making, like, thousands of dollars for that appearance yeah, right yeah. there. And, I'll take it. And you're, yeah, it's uh, the legitimacy. But anyways, it was just cool, man. It's fun, man. It's it's fun running into people from your past, and they're like proud of what you're doing, and you know, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they they try to support you. They want to see you make it, with you know. I think being a stand up is such a, a unique and rare thing that when people know one, they feel like full of their sails are full of wind, and they're like, yeah, comedian. And I know a com- and every time they see a comedian, they think of you, no matter who, and they see a comedian almost every day. Yeah, you know, so you become like this. Little comedy spirit in their life. Even if they've, ne- most of the time, these people have never seen you do a joke. Yeah, it's like this video that I posted today. Like everyone's like rallying around it, and they're trying to help me get hits and stuff. You know. Right. So let's see. So today, today it's the beginning of January when we're filming this. Everybody, just to give you a peek behind the curtain, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the first day that I loaded this, and there's a thousand. It's at almost at a thousand views right now, and so when you listen to this podcast. You guys can go to um, to YouTube and just just type in Dave Williamson Auburn tickets, and that should pop it up. Yeah. And then you guys will see whether I would like I would love to get to like thousands of thousands well, of views. Okay, on let's this. let's do a prediction then. All right. This is going to be released February first. You have about a month and a couple days. A day, yeah. Uh, I really truth truth be told, I have about a week to to get it there because oh, cause after the game, the game yeah. Right. After the game, no one's gonna care about this, this video. Push. And then you'll get a tr- you'll get a trickle after that. But yeah, yeah, it'll be off. But do you think? I mean, 
What about no, this? You can, you give right. it a, a Let's set a goal at ten thousand views. I like that. I think that's really like it would have to get picked up by a major news outlet for that to happen. But or just some good shares by people in Auburn in within like the sports department. Yeah. You know, one athlete there, <coughs> one guy on the team. Yeah. You know, you should probably tweet it at them. Oh, uh, trust me, I have all day long. I've been yet. annoying as shit. <laughs> so a thousand, yeah. so a thousand views. Okay, so grand. so we'll go 10,000 10, views, I'll, and you guys can go to Auburn. I'm gonna say 5,000 as a conservative estimate. All right, just cool. to see. I know I'm gonna price this right here. Let's see what happens. All right, <laughs> we'll see. And if you guys can go, and if I didn't make it, you can feel sorry for me and at least follow me on Twitter or something at Dave W Comedy. Oh, look at that! This Pity. guy. Pity. Oh, I didn't even have to ask at the end of the episode. Oh, you better still ask me. <laughs> Double Twitter plugs. Yeah. This guy's on his computer. He's on his phone. He's on my phone. He's on my computer. He's, <laughs> he is retweeting. I'm giving you my full attention, though, man. How I'm, did you retweet I, I your you. video from my account? Do you have my password? <laughs> you are a maven. Uh-oh. Can guys be mavens? You're watching the video again. Unmute. I just <laughs> like seeing myself. Oh, his funny face. So. Uh, you're, you are developing. I saw a picture of you the other day holding up a hamburger for your friend. Oh, yeah. And it was just a casual picture. But if I was a director, I would have been like, got it. All right. We got the ad for the just slap it on every bus. <laughs> yeah. Hold up that burger, Davey. Cause you got, I said you had a case of spokesman face. Nice. You I'll take it. a big case of spokesman face, this guy. I'm living in L.A. now, man. That's the plan is to get on. Yeah, it's what like, is the I plan, feel, dude? I feel, I feel like I'm at a race to get on TV before I get like... Older looking, like before you look like the even way this you video, now. you do it like you have the um, like the high def cameras, and I'm like, man, you can really see like my crow's feet and my mm. my wrinkles, like you know, I'm like, I'm not supposed to look like that yet. You're I'm a young 17, guy, 17 in your head, yeah, yeah. But the plan, the plan is to uh, now that I'm in LA, hopefully, start pop. getting yeah, getting more TV opportunities that in turn then uh. Gives me more stand-up comedy opportunities, you know? It's strange how now, like, the best thing you can do for your stand-up career is not stand-up. Yeah, I mean, you gotta put... I mean, obviously... You gotta put... I mean, you could, you can, but it just takes a little longer, you know? Like, Brian Regan never did much... Um, I mean, he did, like, Letterman appearances, like, stand-up stuff on TV, but he's never done much, like, acting or whatever. Sure. But he's just so funny and has such loyal fans, he's grown a fan base over just really touring for years and years, you know? Right. But, um, you know, most people... Build a fan base by, you know, catching, you know, lightning in a bottle and some sort of a TV appearance that gets them a lot of attention mm. or something online or whatever. So yeah. I'm going to keep my plan is to keep doing stuff that I can do myself, like online videos mm-hmm. and uh, and then just kind of uh, just keep working on my stand up and hope that one of those TV opportunities comes at some point, you know. You think it'll be more like uh, an ad thing or a hosting a show? Because you, you, I would love to do any man. I would love to. Any of that. I would. I would be more than happy to like. If I if I had my choice, and they asked me like you know pitch something, I would do something like um, a travel show since I did the RV thing. Mm-hmm. Do something like that, um, like a reality With show. A yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Or I would do something maybe even around the car business. Um, like like dealership right. rescue or something like bar rescue interesting or yeah yeah something along those Ready lines to play to your skills or obviously I would love to do something scripted do some sort of like a family like a fresh like fun creative like family New sitcom-y sit- thing but right. you know yeah it's almost a dirty but not a stale one you know sitcom, you yeah know? it's like you have to say I want to do a sitcom but a good sitcom yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, so we'll see man I mean you have so many avenues these days to do it yourself and put it out there and hope something happens hell yes. 
that's so I'm just going to keep working on that and then hope that something else kind of hits in the meantime, you know? And congrats on hosting the, the Comedy Juice out there. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm starting to get on some good shows out there. In L.A., which is a show I did not know about until I visited L.A. a couple months ago, and you took me there. Yeah, you're welcome, by yeah. the way. Jeez. At the OG Improv. And, yeah. And uh, it's the hot showcase. And there was some uh, awesome people. Ben Roy was on there, who I'd just seen in Denver. And... Um, and Dave Attell closed out the show, just total random surprise, and just did a, the most masterful set I'd seen in so long. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, now you're hosting that. You know, you took me there, and then I heard like two months later. Yeah. And you hosted a whole handful of them, right? They have them everywhere? Yeah, they have them at other, other clubs and stuff. Am I making this out to be a bigger accomplishment than it is? No, it was certainly... Um, I was honored to, and happy for the spot. You're, you're like picking your ear. You're like, yeah. No, man. <laughs> you got to try to be a little humble. But. There you go. No, it was good, man. I was happy to be on the show. And uh, it was, uh, it's one of the funner shows to, to go watch because, like you said, a lot of big name people pop in at the Hollywood Improv on Wednesday night to do that comedy juice show. Mm -hmm. Dane Cook's there almost every week. And, um, Oh, yeah? You know, like David Tell, you never know when he's going to pop in and do a spot. Have you seen, I've heard his, like, totally 180 to style, Dane Cook, just as a side. Dane Cook? Um, I mean... Or now he's kind of, like, half and half. I don't know. I mean, from this... He's definitely different than, like, you know, when he used to do, like, Hard to Swallow and stuff like that. I think he's a lot more... Uh, uh, ranty, maybe, is the way to put it, you okay. know? But then again, you know, you don't know. I mean, he's just kind of working stuff out when you see him do those shows. It's not like he's, like, filming a special and he's got, like, polished stuff. He's... Right. You never know what their A-game is now. Yeah. He's an interesting character. Just the amount of hate someone's received and now, like, coming after that. I think people are done hating on him for... They kind of I hope so, man. I mean, look, whether you like the guy or I don't like too. the guy, there's yeah. no... He's you a know... comedian. He's trying to make people laugh at the end of the yeah. day. There's, big, are... there's, you know, bigger problems in the world to get uh, I mean, worked up about. It was addressed... And it has been addressed. So it's like, let's move on. I'm yeah. sure he's a nice young man. I'm sure he's got a bright future ahead of him. <laughs> we should not lose any sleep for Mr. Cook. Yeah. But, uh, but for us, we can stay up. Stay up. <laughs> yeah. I, I stay up many a night thinking about things. Trust me, buddy. <laughs> uh, El Segundo. Yeah, man. That's where we're living in L.A. Left awesome my place. wallet there. I, I hear that joke so much. I can't help it. That's only the association I have. Everybody brings that up, and I'm like, oh, I haven't heard that before. Well, I'm very glad that the tribe's music is still persistent. Oh, yeah. It is, days. buddy. <laughs> Look, I'm getting some more tweets, buddy. It's happening. About it? Oh, you're getting notified? It's happening. Oh, this guy. This guy. Not checking for more hits. Yeah. How many are we at? Over a thousand. We over over a thousand now, buddy. Just just earlier, while recording. He, was, he was about 20, 40 shy of a thousand. Now We're there. Let's see. Oh, before we sign off, we made ten thousand hits, everybody. <laughs> Not yet. Not really. Where did it go? This is the comedian struggle. It's it's hits. It's tiny. Dude, one thousand seventy. One thousand seventy already. We're jumping up in loads that, here. That buddy. was a hundred since uh, since we started this podcast. I mean, it's it's a million tiny battles. It's a strategic campaign. Forever. I mean, you guys did the Doritos thing out there. You got to take, you know, every little contest, every, and all these companies now want user content because it gets people talking about their thing. You got to shoot for the stars, yo. I don't know if Doritos commercials are the stars, but they are certainly. That was uh, my Everest. Some clouds. Reskin. There you go. All right, Davey. All right.
Um, we wrap it up. I think so. It's been it's been fun, formative. Nice. It's been it's been the gamut. We've had a nice spread of emotions. We're at. It's a, got deep. I'm gonna, I've done a lot of podcasts later lately. This this got. We explored some stuff today. You were all over. I don't know if it all made sense. Yeah. But I got some stuff off my chest, and I feel better. It was like therapy. <laughs> Every, we're going to feel better, and everyone who hears this is going to feel just a little worse. Yeah. This would be nice. Thank you for sharing our burdens. Uh, you know, this is the spirit of humanity. Uh, you're welcome, podcast land. Actually, <laughs> we made ourselves vulnerable for you. There you go. It's December 30th, right before 2014. Yeah. This is a very interesting time, personally and worldwide. Yeah, so when you guys hear this in February, I hope you've reached your, um, or you're on your way to reaching your New Year's resolutions, everybody. Let this podcast be your guide towards self-enlightenment mm-hmm. and carry you on that journey. We are the, gen- the Jiminy Cricket of podcasts here. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks is- for joining us for Spirit Talk. Oh, I'm, I've had to wake myself up. I just fell asleep there with that smooth voice for a second. Um, <laughs> Dave, your Twitter handle. At Dave W. Comedy. Or you can go to DaveWilliamsonComedy.com for links to all of my social media or sign up for my newsletter. And also, go check out YouTube under my account, Dave Williamson Comedy. See how many hits I got on this video. If I'm at like 1,079, you know, <laughs> shit went downhill right after we recorded this. Yeah, yeah. This will be fun. This <clears throat> fun homework for future. For the future people and also now the past people. It is kind of like time travel, right? It is. You have to talk to the future and past people all at the oh, same time. Snap. Uh, and promote his new video, which has not yet been created. But, yeah, but that one is really funnier. It's much better than it's the an untitled product project yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for doing the podcast, Dave. It was glad to get you. Happy to get you on here. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming to my parents' house. I'm staying for dinner, right? Yeah, we're sitting in my old high school bed right now <laughs> on beanbag chairs. Please do not. Looking that. at a poster of Dan Marino and Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> Good night. So then we did our homework and played Sega Genesis all night. It was a great time. Thanks again to Dave Williamson, my special guest, for coming on to the show. Um, As of now, February 1st, I waited that long to... I waited until the last second to get an accurate count view. 39 million views on... um, I'm sorry, it's 4,328. But not too bad. Um, I think I, I won in the Price is Right respect. He definitely went over. Um, but I think I still went under, so do, do I, I think I win the showcase. I don't know. Um, and I don't know who won the football game. Don't really care. But that's how things work. Recording, uploading, hoping, wishing, checking, tweeting. This is, this is a huge part of a comedian's life these days. I don't know how Lenny Bruce would uh, deal with this exact landscape, but <laughs> certainly with his own unique charm, I suppose. Ah, what can you do but live in the world that you live in? So, I'd like to uh, thank you all for listening. We do this twice a month. I do this twice a month. <laughs> we, um, I'm using the royal we. Uh, first and third Monday, whatever. Man, every two weeks. Does it matter? I'm trying to make this as easy as possible on you all. 45 minutes or so. Come on. Work with me. Thanks, everybody. I love you. Goodbye.